welcome to this week's edition of the Kickstocks Football Weekly Podcast. Lots and lots to get into this week. Wow, what a week for European football. So, uh, not going to mess about this time round. We're just going to dig straight into it and dive headfirst into the action, recap some of the games, and uh, look up to some cracking fixtures that we've got coming up for us in the coming days. So, sit back and uh, join the ride as Victor and I, once again, as always, discuss this week's European football matches. Enjoy. Right. What a week. Bloody hell, where to start? <laughs> so, it has been an action-packed week of football. So, um, how do you want to tackle this, Vic? Well, go- I want to ask you, I mean, you were uh, in Portugal this weekend. I was. So, um, in uh, Lisbon. Yep, fresh off the boat back home. Exactly, and that's, you know, the heart of the action. How, d- how do you experience it? Did you see uh, a lot of fans there? How was, uh, how, was the, how was the vibe? So, it was an odd one, actually. Um, the bars were packed during the games. A uh, lot of atmosphere. There were travelling fans, for sure. Uh, scarce, scarce amount of Manchester City and Barcelona fans, uh, initially. Um, and especially after the games, as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not surprisingly. But um, it was weird, you know, strange. They had the big Champions League trophy set up in uh, one of the, the main squares in the city as well. But it just didn't really have that that sort of Champions League vibe, you know. It didn't feel like there was a big occasion there, despite all of the fanfare. Um, so it was a weird one. Went to go, went to the Benfica Stadium, though, which was really nice. Super cool. Uh, didn't actually go into it because obviously UEFA uh, had control over it. So they... they quarantined it but uh went to the museum crazy museum if anyone's listening if you get to lisbon go to the benfica museum honestly because it is absolutely mad the biggest trophy flex i think i've ever seen of any museum um big old section dedicated just to eusebio as well super interesting uh, definitely worth worth a visit but uh yeah it was cool um good to hear yeah yeah <laughs> um i mean you know talking about uh Let's pick out the first game, which is the game that everyone's probably talking about after after the quarterfinals. Mm. And that's, of course, um, Barca against Bayern. Barca against Bayern? Okay. What a match. What a game. Honestly, what a game. Uh, so happy I got to watch that in all its glory. Um, gotta admit, I can't say I'm too sad um, for Barcelona. It's kind of nice, in a way, to see a club that has pulled out so many results just like that on other teams finally be humbled. Um, they tried to out-football Bayern, and it didn't work. You know, the game actually reminded me of uh, Brazil against Germany. Yeah, that 7-1. It had that same vibe. From the get-go, Bayern were just, you know, on top of it. Yeah. Um, Thomas Müller, can we, wow. can we just pick him out? I mean, ever since Hansi Flick took over at Bayern, this guy is just... He's like, he's living his second life. Kind Crazy. Of. So, um, I had an amazing game, just like he did uh, Brazil mm. against Germany. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Bayern Munich. I mean, it's, it was an emphatic, emphatic message to the other Champions League rivals with an absolute demolition of uh, European heavyweights Barcelona, and it was just completely and utterly one-sided for a quarter-final. I mean, eight-two. That's something you'd see in an aggregate score over yeah. two legs, and that was in a single game, ninety minutes. Um, High pressing, energetic, just ruthless from the Germans. Ruthless. German um, ruthlessness. Yeah. And probably, I think, after a performance like that, that's got to make them favourites to win the tournament. Oh, absolutely. They were already kind of favourites beforehand, but yeah, after, but after dead this set. performance, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I thought it was nice, you know, Philippe Coutinho 
Manchester scored two goals <laughs> and one assist oh. in uh, against his former club. You know, yeah. he still had the, the respect, irony. or his his current club even. Yeah, know? there is there's parent clubs. So. Um, he still had the respect of not not really cheering, but uh, I mean, what a match and what a statement. Uh, what what do you side. reckon? Do Barca keep him after that? <laughs> I don't know. I, actually, Sign him up. He looks like a great player. It's actually, I, I read this fun fact that if Coutinho wins the Champions League with Bayern, that Barca still has to pay an extra five million to Liverpool. Because in the clause, when they bought him from Liverpool, uh, it stated that if Coutinho wins the Champions League, Mm -hmm. they have to pay an extra five million. But they never actually stated that he'd had to that he had to win the Champions League with Barcelona. So it's just you know it's really poor. So it's down uh, to the fine print. Poor negotiation on Barca's side. Yeah, Yeah, to lose, lose, lose. It really is. I mean, it's just uh, salt in the wound at this point, isn't it? I mean, they probably. You know, you couldn't have seen something like this coming, but it's that's just hilarious, isn't it? That's, that's brilliant. <laughs> super mistake. But I mean, he, he he was one of the he was probably the biggest MVP of last round. He went mm. up thirty four point five percent, right? Because he wasn't two expected goals. to do no exactly anything, was he? Exactly, and uh, you know, two goals, one assist. Let's just say, you know, everyone from Bayern had a really good game. They could have been MVPs. Everyone from Barca had a terrible game. Oh. The worst, of course, Mark Andre Ter Stegen, who had yeah. to. Uh, so un- uncharacteristically poor as well. Yeah, he went down seventy percent on kickstocks. So uh, that's unheard of almost. Uh, mm. But you know, if you can see, if you concede eight, then <laughs> that's you know that's tough. Uh, I mean, it's, it's it's yeah, you can't yeah. really argue with that. Yeah, I mean, I would ask where did Barca go wrong? I think it's, it's everything. It's obvious. Uh, yeah, they they tried to. I mean, there's this criticism thrown at Barcelona is that they have a set philosophy, the Barcelona way. We all know it. You know, beautiful brand of football when it works. But they're so stubborn in their approach to football matches that, you know, even when they come up against an opposition like Bayern Munich, where maybe, just maybe, in a one-off game, they should adapt their style of play to their opponent, you know, to make sure that they don't get exploited for their weaknesses. They still somehow go out and just try and play beautiful football, even though, obviously, they didn't have the players to do it, to match match Bayern. So that that means Bayern Munich have reached their 12th Champions League semi-final. Only one other team have done more. Who is it? It's got to be Real Madrid. Real Madrid with 13. That's it. <laughs> and uh, that means Bayern striker Robert Lewandowski became the first player to score in eight or more consecutive Champions League matches since the great Cristiano Ronaldo in April 2018. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm sure he would have wanted to score more hmm. um, if you if you look at the result. But, I mean, who can complain on Bayern's side? Mm-hmm. It's just... Exactly. Everyone, you know, everyone just outperformed themselves. Davies, what a player, what a left back. I mean, uh, I've said I've said quite often that defensively he looked, you know, he can look um, vulnerable at mm. times. Mm. And attacking-wise, he's just always been spectacular. But there was nothing wrong with his performance this game. No. Uh, we went up 11%. Perisic, you know, just a, a solid attacker, Perisic. Yeah. 13% increase. Kimmich, 14% increase. Müller, 23% increase. It was just... It was just Bayern players all around. Yeah. Um, also, it means Bayern manager uh, Hansi Flick became the only the third manager in Champions League history to win his first six matches in charge after Fabio Capello in 92-93 and Luis Fernandez in 94-95 as well. So big props to him. But also on the other on the flip side, Barcelona have been eliminated now in the quarterfinals of Champions League for a fourth time in the past five seasons. They've hit rock bottom. Ronald Koeman now, we know, is coming into the job to obviously the Netherlands national team's loss. But I think that's a really exciting signing. It makes sense, doesn't it? This guy knows the club inside out. He's a legend. Good manager by all accounts. 
just yeah. what Barcelona need at this point and probably the best time to come in uh, the vacancy right now. Exactly, he can only he can only do better. I mean, for me as a as a Dutch Dutchman who's had experienced some terrible years with the national team. Yeah, how and, bitter are you feeling right and now? And finally, uh, Roland Koeman brought us, you know, to a uh, to a side that could really challenge challenge the European and maybe even the the, the top of the, you know the top mm. countries in the world. So, but you know, he had a clause with the KNVB that said that the only club who could um, where he could leave the Dutch national team for within his contract would be Barcelona. It's always been his dream. He's been outspo- he's been outspoken about it, um, and you know, because of Corona, it's it's a perfect time. Mm. So I'm really sad because I think he was doing something really great with the Dutch national team. But you know, I I, I have to understand his point of view mm. as well. And there's no better time, like you said. So Frank de Boer to win the Euros with Holland, <laughs> 2021. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean you can you can hear this reaction. That's that's not my ideal choice. <laughs> Frank de Boer has had a yeah. a poor record ever since he left Ajax, but. Also, you know, I just don't believe in his managerial style, and it's it's not proven anywhere else. So I don't think that's a good option. But there are so little other options out there. Mm. Uh, today was, um, as we discussed earlier, uh, Arsene Wenger might uh, might have uh, um, promoted himself. Do you know what? uh, That would be such a good assignment, though. That would be brilliant, and and it would probably suit him international management because it wouldn't be club football, which is you know high stress, high octane, week in week out. It would give him his football fix, uh, oh. but it would also be quite laid back, quite calm. Maybe, maybe the, good for him at this stage in his career. But the Dutch are not known for having foreigners as their coaches. No, but look, they don't. You know, I, th- I don't think the language would be a barrier. The culture won't necessarily be a barrier. No, he'll play good football. He'll have a good crop of players who'll respect him because they've grown up knowing who he is. Yeah, what he's th- all about. I think the most important thing is that we get a manager who can deal with, you know, the. The divas of the Dutch national team, like the pie, mm. uh, the egos, the egos, and as an Arsenal manager down the years, he's had to do that. And yeah, by all accounts, effectively. Maybe not so much in the latter stages of his career, but um, yeah, I think. But we're we're just talking pipe dreams right now, aren't we? Yeah, let's, exactly. let's be honest. Let's. Uh, let's I be mean, honest. we went from Frank de Boer to Arsene Wenger. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big leap. But hey, look, 2020. God knows what could happen. It's been exactly. a crazy year. It's been a crazy year. Um, speaking of crazy things that have happened, I mean, let's just take a moment to really uh, give our thoughts and respects to Atalanta oh, yeah, versus sure. PSG yeah. in what was probably one of the most dramatic ways to go out in a Champions League. Um, Paris Saint-Germain, they scored two late goals in a sensational comeback against Atalanta to reach Champions League semi-finals for the first time in 25 years. They've broken the curse. Um, shout out to Mathieu, friend Mathieu. of ours, who's on his trip. We know he listens to this podcast avidly. He's going to be probably the happiest man on earth after a result like that. Uh, on the on the 50th anniversary of the club's founding as well, it looked like being a familiar tale of failure for PSG, but they made it through. Yeah, um, for sure. But heartbreak for Atalanta, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it's so such so, so sad to see that happen for them. They were they've been they had such a great season. They've been doing so well attacking football, scoring a lot of goals. But, I mean, if you look at look at the individual class that some of these PSG players have. I mean, I'm talking about a Neymar, and I know that's Mathieu's favorite of all time player. Mm-hmm. He loves mm-hmm. his theatrics and his uh, everything. <laughs> it kind so of Matt, it, you must have been happy. Yeah, but, he kind of like suits Matt's style of play as well. Exactly, theatrical. You know? 
bit exactly. whiny. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I mean, if you look at his stats, he had 19 accurate final third passes, 16 completed take-ons, mm. nine fouls uh, cons- yeah. uh, suffered, six shots, uh, six shot attempts, three chances created, two shots on target, and an assist. I mean, he was unstoppable. And yeah. yeah. You, you, you love yeah. him or you hate him, but he's a world-class player, and there's no denying that. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, he was all too often the only bright spark for Thomas Tuchel's team on the night, um, albeit guilty of um, missing two glaring chances as well during the game, uh, but obviously made up for it in the 90th minute by teeing up Marquinhos for the mm-hmm. equaliser. And then the fact that as PSG, you can bring on a guy like Kylian Mbappe off the bench, uh, who then went up to, to tee his former former Stoke striker, Eric Maxim Chupomoting, who got the winner. And to be fair, I'm actually so happy for Chupomoting because he's been the butt of a lot of jokes in the PSG fan, fan base. Yep. He's been ridiculed a lot. He's seen as kind of a joke player. Um, didn't even uh, make the Champions League squad before Corona. Yeah. Uh, came in de facto afterwards, and then he comes on and wins wins the game for him. So fairy tale stuff for him. Good to see. Good to see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, another fairy tale is uh, Red Bull Leipzig. Yeah. Or Leipzig. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we were talking about it earlier. They've been they found they were founded in two thousand nine. Yeah, as a professional German club and work yeah. their way up. Um, well, that's it. You know, all the through through the German ranks of, of professional football, mm-hmm. and now they're in the semi final of the eleven Champions years league. after their founding. They are in a semi final of a Champions League, playing great football, brilliant performing. You know, attractive football. It's, it's, yeah, it's and a wonderful. And, and and they become now the first German side outside of Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund to reach semi finals in the Champions League since Schalke in 2010-11. Hennis. Hennis, <laughs> don't worry, mate. Your time has come and been. Exactly. Uh, it's time to pave the way now for the new crop of German uh, German talent. Which is Leipzig. Yeah, and you know what? It'll be bittersweet for German fans, I think, because for the first time in since I can remember, um, it's going to be an all-German-French Champions League semi-final, which is just insane. I mean, I think, yeah. it's, I think it's the first semi-final not including a Spanish club since 2005. And then even longer, probably not including a Spanish or an English club. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, um, so that's that's just absolutely yeah. I mean, that's that's astonishing stuff. But um, I mean, it was a poor poor first half, to be honest. Uh, I thought. Um, shout out to your friend as well, Alex, the Atletico yep. fan. To be honest, Alex, I don't know what Simeone was doing on the night, man. But in classic Atletico fashion, I just thought they were being too cautious. They were sitting back the whole game. They just didn't really seem to be. Uh, bringing the game to Leipzig at all. It, it, it almost seemed to me like uh, Simeone was playing out for a draw and to go to the extra time. Um, just yeah. really strange. Uh, and Julian Nagelsmann's team just played way more expansive football, far more exciting, actually going for the win. And um, yeah, ended up getting their just rewards. I mean, there were, for me, there was one man of the match, which by far, and you know, we both had him in our uh, yep. lineup last week. So shout out to us. Yeah, props to us. One of the only players still remaining who was in our lineup. Exactly. <laughs> let's, let's not talk about the other ones, but then move on. But uh, pat on the back, you know, credit where credit is due. Yeah. This guy, he had 99 touches, 75 passes completed, which was 90% uh, passing accuracy. 10 long passes completed. Nine duel, nine duels won. Six out of seven from the ground, three out of four in the air, mm. five recoveries, five clearances, three interceptions, three out of three take-ons completed, oh, two out of two tackles baby. won. Talk dirty to me. I mean, this... Yeah. Talk dirty to me. <laughs> this is what you want to hear. This guy is just... He had a 
beast of a game. There's on fire. Nothing, he, he did nothing wrong. He did nothing wrong. He went up, you know, not uh, a slight amount of, of 17%. I think it could have been higher, but, uh, you know, this, the expectation was high of Upamecano. Um, ah, but what a player. This guy should get snatched up yeah. ASAP, if yeah. you ask me. Yeah, yeah. Unreal Red performance. On <laughs> Bars. So, um, cheeky little pop quiz for you. Atletico Madrid's Kieran Trippier, classic, brilliant, yeah. brilliant English player, <laughs> became Great. the fourth different English player to start a Champions League quarterfinal with a non-English club. Who are the other three? Oh. Who do you reckon? Uh, it's... I can give you the clubs if you want. It's uh, Hargreaves. Owen Hargreaves of Bayern Munich. Owen. One. Michael Owen. Nope. McManaman. Steve McManaman for Real Madrid. There's one more. A biggie. Biggie. Arguably the most famous English player to go abroad. He's been all around. He's been Serie A. He's been French League. He's been La Liga. Ah, David. And big old David Beckham. David Beckham. That's it. David Beckham as BB7. well. BB7. Yeah, that's the one. Right, moving on. Next game. Uh, what do you think? We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna look at this time. Wow, well, we, I mean, we had Man City. Uh, oh, Man City I, I just, I look, I didn't, I didn't want to bring it up. I no. didn't know, I didn't know if you were ready to discuss it yet or not. But, but you'd love since, me to bring since it up, you've mentioned yeah. it, we might as well. We might as well since we're oh. on the topic. Manchester City's Champions League ambitions are in ruins once again after Lyon shocked Pep Guardiola's side in the quarterfinal in Lisbon. Uh, they started as firm favourites, obviously, but came out second best in the end. Um, a, a lot of a, a lot of accusations have been thrown at Pep Guardiola's way uh, that for some reason, when it comes to crucial Champions League matches and the knockout stages, he just seems to tinker and tamper too much of tactics and tries to tailor his team towards the other team, towards the opponent. Uh, and it seemed like that's kind of what he did again against Lyon. Uh, Tactically, the first 20 minutes, Manchester City just did not seem right. Uh, they weren't getting attacking players in the right areas. Uh, so he then switched it pretty quickly after that. I was shocked to see that Phil Foden didn't even get any minutes during the game, which was uh, pretty outrageous, I thought. But you're describing the opposite of what Barca did wrong. Mm. So Barca, you know, you said Barca is always trying to, you know, uh, do their, their style philosophy. of play and their yeah. philosophy. And Guardiola is doing the opposite. He's tailoring it too much to the other side. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. But, but but I would argue what I would argue is that Barcelona against let let's put it into context here. That Barcelona were playing arguably the tournament favourites in Bayern Munich. You know you can't just play beautiful expansive football against a team like that. Sometimes when you when you have to admit that a team is better than you on paper, maybe you have to shut down and just be more pragmatic. Manchester City were by far favourites on paper. I mean, if City just played their usual football, they should have destroyed Lyon. They should have they should have just wiped the floor of them. Yeah, all respect to Lyon. Um, yeah. You know, but that wasn't ask, the case. I have no idea what went wrong. It was just it was just I think. Yeah, I think the you know the Sterling miss for two two was crucial. That it was crucial. Wow, outrageous! What a terrible, terrible miss. I'm sure he's having nightmares the next couple of months about it. And that's that's his specialty spot, you know, yeah. slotting it in from six yards out across the box. I think that could have changed everything, if you yeah. ask me, um, because that would have given City hope and and, and an Edison mistake. Let's not and forget an a rare mistake. Edison mistake. So you're talking about the two biggest LVPs of, of, of that game as well. Ederson yep. going down 32%, Sterling 20%. Um, and just 
such crucial moments in the game. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, yeah, which you know, it it cost them uh, the semifinal. I think there's something that needs to change in in Guardiola. Always, everyone knows that Guardiola is his dream to win the the Champions League with City. It's you know mm. the the owner's dream. You know they've won it all except for the Champions mm. League, except for European prize. Yeah. Is is Pep cursed in the Champions League? Because he's not won it since 2011 with Barcelona. Nine years now. We're going back. I mean, I think it's 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 hard to say that it's cursed. Uh, he's not like he's, he's had bad teams. No, definitely not. But it just shows how difficult it is to actually win the Champions League. Yeah, it's really luck. not easy. And uh, he hasn't had luck on his way either, does he? No. And people think that he can, you know, he can generate a, a Champions League winning side. But mm. you know, everything has to fall into place for a team to win the Champions League. Yeah. Are so we, uh, yeah. are we not giving enough credit to Lyon right now? I mean, oh, yeah, what, where does this put them in terms of their them not necessarily being favourites, but their chances of winning the tournament? Because they've knocked out now Juventus and they've knocked out, but um, sorry Manchester City. Now they have to face Bayern Munich. I mean, personally, potentially, I think uh, one one step too far. Um, Bayern are just looking absolutely insane, but you can't put it past them because they've no. taken two pretty big scalps already. Maybe they're loving this new format where they just have to give everything for one game, and mm. uh, that's 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 where they shine. So who knows? But you know, I don't want to make any predictions because this season has just been too crazy. Mm. But you know, Bayern just seem seem too strong and too steady and too yeah too reliable to to give that away or to lose uh, even one match. So um, that means Lyon's Rudy Garcia now is the first French manager to guide a French team to the Champions League semi-finals since 2009-2010. Do you know who the manager was? It was a Lyon manager. Lyon manager? Yeah, in 2009-2010. Yeah. Was it... (laughs) (laughs) Would you like to follow that up with an answer? (laughs) Let me just get one more sip. It's it's an obscure one. Um, I, I can give you a clue. Yeah, give me a clue. Recent Leicester manager. Oh, Claude Puel. Claude Puel, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say him. Mm, yeah, 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 it's yeah, on the tip of your tongue, I can exactly. tell. I just figured I'd give you yeah, that extra right. little yeah. little nudge in the right direction. Not <laughs> um, interesting stat. Loving mm. the trivia, James. Yeah. And uh, also, Lyon's Maxwell Cornet and Moussa Dembele have scored four Champions League goals against Manchester City, which is a joint high with none other than Lionel Messi. Yeah. Funny so, story, just uh, you know, in between, a friend of mine who's not the biggest football fan, but he's a big Kickstocks fan. Mm. Uh, <laughs> he loves the game, and he's like, "Who am I gonna buy? Oh, I don't know any of these players, but Cornet. It sounds like Cornetto, and I love the ice cream, so that's <laughs> why I'm gonna buy him." And he just won the battle because of it. <laughs> you know what? Classic. If it works, it works. That can also be a strategy. Yeah? Follow your gut. Right, follow your gut. Follow your ice cream. And place. if it's if it's telling you a cornetto, <laughs> get get it, purchase it. Uh, um, David Silva played his last game for Manchester City. Speaking of City, yeah. Um, I have to mention this. He's such a legend of the club. Ten years. We've already been through that though. He's getting a statue. Worthy? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I Absolutely. mean, I mean, I, I probably would agree. Let's be honest. Like that, City haven't been necessarily littered in their past with brilliant players. Uh, legendary players. Oh, are you not? Are you forgetting a Paul Dickoff, a Sean Goder, like these legends? <laughs> Do they? I they, mean, they all deserve statues. But, sure, sure. But Silva has really brought them silver. And I, just and shout, shout out to Georgie Kinkladze as well. Oh, absolutely. the original Messi for sure. Well, I say for sure. If no one knows who this guy is, Georgie Kinkladze, 
Georgian football player from the 80s, 90s for Manchester City. Look him Loved up. Loved him. Look him up on YouTube. Absolutely brilliant. Messi before Messi was even born. Anyway, moving on. Big um, statement there. So, yeah. yeah, statue, fully deserved. Yeah, fully deserved. I mean, obviously, there's uh, there's some uh, controversy about his transfer to mm. Sociedad. I yeah. don't know if you were leading yeah. Uh, yeah. to go there. Yeah. But... Um, the Apparently he was, you know, he was totally uh, in agreement with uh, Lazio Roma. Yes, they offered him a private jet, a private chauffeur for when he was there. Uh, I don't know exactly how much million salary, but everything was done and dusted. And then last minute he rejects the uh, calls of of the Lazio board and uh, decides to move to Real Sociedad. Strange, strange uh, action. I'm sure the Lazio fans and the um, the board are not happy about that, but uh, yeah, that's also football. Exactly. And uh, Lazio's uh, Tare, who's their sporting director, was absolutely fuming uh, with with the, with the news as it came out as well. Apparently, it just happened completely out of the blue. And he says he respects David Silva as a footballer, but not as a man. So it's not gone down well. But Harsh look, words, but you know, that's it, uh, the way of the world. It is what it is. So should we move on to our predictions then? Let's go. What do we think? Yeah, so we're going to predict... Um, what are we predicting? We're predicting Bayern against Lyon. Yes. <laughs> so Because by this time the podcast airs, then uh, uh, Leipzig-PSG will already be played. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's quickly say who we hope for in that game. I hope Leipzig. I hope Leipzig. But I, mm, I, it'll be a really good game. It'll be a really good game, that's for sure. I hope and I think Leipzig. Mm. Sorry, Matt. Um... Sure, I mean, if you're thinking Leipzig, I hope Leipzig, I think PSG. Right. I think PSG well, we'll might see. have a bit too much. We'll see, we'll see. Uh, yeah, Bayern, Lyon, I think it's going to be a really interesting game. I think Lyon is going to just give it absolutely everything. Sure. They have nothing to lose. One-legged semi-final, exactly. Any, anything can happen. It's one game. Um, you just need to perform, get a bit lucky, of course. Mm. Um, I don't think it'll be a destruction like Barcelona. No. But um, I think Bayern Lyon will be much more compact. But Bayern will win it because they're just too good. The key is the key is Lyon can't go down. They can't they can't concede too early in the game. Uh, if Lyon concede first, especially in the first half, it could be a very long game. It might be long slippery road. But if if they manage to somehow get to half time not having conceded and sneak a goal second half, we could have a really good game on our hands. Yeah. No, nah, but I think I think Bayern are just too solid. I I wouldn't be able to name one position in their lineup which is weak or which is the weak link. Mm. Every position is strong. Their defense, their goalkeeper is world class. Still, uh, midfield, oh, Thiago Alcantara. How can this guy leave for thirty million this summer? And it's just unbelievable. How could he not have been in your Champions League XI? Right? Uh, At least one of us put him in there. There he is. There he is. <laughs> That's the classic sneer. Put down that whiskey, James. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right. Thirty million. What a bargain. Um, Apparently, he's going um, to Liverpool. Yeah, and we were, we were saying this before. I mean, how has no other team gotten on that at the moment? Or, I mean, probably the fact is that Liverpool, let's be honest, are the best team in England right now. And who wouldn't want to be playing under Klopp at the moment? So he probably wants to go to Liverpool as well. Yeah, that's for sure. But if I was Barcelona, I'd do everything to to, to bring him back. Yeah, maybe maybe a bit of bad blood. Because they let him, they let him leave in the sure, first maybe, place. Maybe, yeah, he was but, out of favor. Uh, he could come back. And and Barcelona, yeah. a bit of a shambles. Um, yeah. from, from a player perspective. And their attack, of course, Bayern. Uh, you know, we talked, we talked too much already about Lewandowski, but even you know the guys around him, Müller, Perisic, uh, Davies, who's almost also an attacker. Yeah, these guys are just too good. And I don't know what Flick has put in their Gatorade, but it is, <laughs> it is just working out for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so score 
I think three one. I think Lewandowski is gonna is gonna bag a double. Mm. He's gonna be he's gonna be pissed that he didn't score uh, more in the A two. So he's gonna be extra on fire. Uh, so definitely one to watch out for. Also because he had a bit of a. Uh, because his expectation for last game was a lot higher than just the one goal he scored. Mm. So um, definitely a pick maybe for Kickstocks. Yeah, um, I'd say so. I would say also... Um, I would also say if you're going for a pick for your Kickstocks portfolios, especially next season, look at the midfield three from Lyon from last game. I mean, you're looking at Hussein Awa. I mean, he's mm-hmm. widely regarded as one of the most talented young midfielders at the moment. Who was in my starting 11 yep. last week. So yeah, um, um, some props there. Br- Bruno Guimarães as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's looking like a real, real hot prospect, even though he's only been there one season. And uh, Maxence Cacuré as well, who pff, not really a household name. Not many people will probably know who he is. Um, but he looks like a great little player as well. And it's I th- Kakere. Yeah, Kakere. And Kakere. Th- yeah, Kakere. <laughs> Kakere. And I think Kakere. he'd be. I, I think he'd be. He'd be a little gem. Um, All right. Yeah. So that's that is your weekly James picks. James James's Plus pick. are gonna get Liro Sané. Let's not forget about that. I mean, yes. how much stronger can these guys get? I mean, it's just it's just absolutely it's ridiculous. ridiculous now, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, you know one of my favorite players from Bayern who definitely I would pick for my portfolio is David Alaba yeah. I, I think it might be his last one or two games because he's been rumored to leave before he goes to City right before he goes to City <laughs> but uh, I love him man this guy is he can play anywhere and he's just he's solid mm. yeah great big player. fan big fan big fan okay just quick one before we before we go on we've had a taste of this whole one-legged fixture now how you liking it so far I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm loving it. Well, I mean, you know, as a City fan, I'm not loving it because yeah. I, I think they could recover from the 3-1. But um, but in terms of drama, it makes it so much more exciting, especially for the underdog. Because over two legs, the underdog more often than not won't win it. Yeah. But in terms of well, actual correct, sheer but, drama... Um, I mean, I love a good comeback story. Mm. I mean, one of the most... The most spectacular games in the past years in the Champions League have always been the comeback. Think it's of, true. Think of a PSG or a Barca against PSG. Or Manchester United against Roma, PSG. Liverpool against Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, these games and Liverpool. I, yeah. I, I love that. I love that feeling of like it's it's tough, but it's not impossible. Which, yeah. which sometimes comes out in the game. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so you know, I'm I, I prefer the two-legged fixtures. But I mean, in this in this scenario, I mean the the games haven't disappointed us. So no, definitely. If every not. game is like these past quarterfinals, yeah. Then I, then, then bring it bring it on with bring the one legged features. Yeah, for sure. Right, that's your Champions League roundup for this week. Now we're going to move on to what do we call it? The Farmers Cup. Farmers Cup. Da, 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 da. The Sevilla Cup. It's uh, oh, it's Europa League. So, uh, Vic, I'm going to let you choose which game we start with. Um, well, I mean, I definitely want to start with Sevilla against Manchester United. Okay, I thought you might want to save that for last, but no, sure, we, we, can, we can go right straight now. into it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sevilla absolutely and utterly wrecked Manchester United's hopes of ending the season with silverware. Uh, they edged a pretty hard-fought Europa League semi-final in Cologne, and they beat Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's men 2-1 on the night to progress to what is now um, their sixth UEFA, UEFA Europa League final, at least more, at least two more than any other side in the competition. So it is definitely Sevilla's cup. Um, I've got to admit, on the night, 
the way that the Champions League had gone up to that point, I had a sneaky feeling that we were going to see another upset. And Sevilla didn't disappoint. Um, United played well. They didn't play badly by all accounts. Uh, created a lot of chances. But ultimately were not clinical enough. And uh, paid the ultimate price with some defensive mistakes for both goals. And were probably exposed as you know, a team that definitely, definitely are good but in transition and at the moment they're nearly men um, you know three semi-finals this season FA Cup Carabao Cup Europa League final or Europa League and uh, they've lost don't have what, it's th- what it takes yeah sorry about that yeah so it's one of those it's <laughs> one of those but you watched the game yeah I mean what's I your mean, synopsis I mean, come on goalie, it's not all bad CV has goalie who uh, who's not their first goalie Bono Bono mm. had a terrific game, you know, yeah, man of, of the match. match in my eyes and in many others' eyes as well. He, especially after halftime, United were just like thrashing. Yeah, first fifteen minutes that second just half, going, was, going, was going, 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 going. You know going, what? You know, going, you know going, what going, going, pissed me off though is that of all players, did it have to be Luke flipping the Luke de Jong, <laughs> Luke de Jong. Luke, you need somebody, call Luke de Jong. Luke de Jong to sweep home the winner. I mean, come on. One goal in seven games. Clinical, this clinical. This guy knows how to score goals. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. And he had a poor... Uh, he could have finished it off with a good pass at the, at the you know, at the, in the injury time. Yeah. Uh, he managed to cleverly take the ball off and uh, run towards goal, but he didn't really have the pace or the skill to, to give a good pass... Uh, to, I'm not sure who it was anymore, but uh, to the to the other attacker, so uh, who could have made it three one. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, great, you know, love it, Luke De Jong. If you if you need a goal, call Luke De Jong for sure. Call Luke De Jong. So Sevilla, Sevilla are now actually uh, unbeaten in 20 games. They're only the fourth different side within Europe's top five leagues this season to enjoy such a run. The other three: Bayern Munich, Paris Saint Germain, and Real Madrid. So they've got something about them, definitely. This is their cup. This is their world. Yep. And I think it's it's an it's a great rule that they introduced a couple of years ago that the winner of the Europa League will go straight away to the Champions League as well. Mm. So, uh, but I mean, they have to play. Uh, you know, speaking of the other semi-final, they have to uh, play Inter in the final, mm-hmm. which is a match of its own because Inter are just incredible. Lukaku has been on a f- yeah freaking streak. Yeah, um, he has been. So, um, I mean, it's going to be a tough game. Inter are looking... uh, I would put my money on Inter, if I were you. Yeah, I I would too. I mean, now that Manchester United have been knocked out, Inter definitely are the strong favourites. Just before we get on to that, though, uh, just got to throw this out there. Um, Including both their their quarterfinal victory against FC Copenhagen and their match with Sevilla, Manchester United had 46 shots in total, 21 hitting the target. However... The Red Devils only managed just two goals from the penalty spot in those matches. So that makes a conversion rate of 4.4%. They need a clinical finisher, James. Exactly. They need a Jaden Sancho. So so what I was going to ask you then is, despite Manchester United being eliminated, um, it's not necessarily been a bad season for United, but what do they need going forward? And is it still positive signs? Can they still take some positives out of the season? I mean, it's oh, absolutely. Three- I mean, how they how they finished the season in the Premier League, and you know they were unlucky against Sevilla. They could have gone all the way, uh, in my opinion. But there's definitely positives to be taken out there. If I were them, I'd definitely look at a pure goal score. I mean, look at the look at the, look at the guy who scored against you in, in, the, in the semi-finals. Look at Luke Thiong. He could be the perfect well, attacking you know, partner of Martial and uh, and Rashford. <laughs> the irony is. 
we let go of a number nine in Lukaku and he's gone to Inter Milan and he got two goals in yesterday's semi-final. I mean, three three ex-United players who've been performing well at Inter. Young, uh, Sanchez and of course Lukaku. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, and their decision look their, looks vindicated now to go there. Exactly. Uh, I mean, that segues brilliantly into the other game. Inter won 5 0, uh, the biggest margin of victory ever in a single UEFA Cup or Europa League semi final game. Um, and this was Shakhtar the next biggest defeat in Europe since a 6 0 defeat to which team in November 2018? Uh, in, the, in Champions League, Manchester City, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it was a Manchester City defeat. So, um, yeah, pretty poor. All one-way traffic, to be honest, most of the night. Um, Inter couldn't have really asked for an easier semi-final to get to that final. Um, so they've got to be hot favourites now, surely. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. I think it's going to be an interesting match, but Inter, Inter are going to take it, if you ask me. Antonio Conte working his first season magic, as he does. I mean, he just well, has I mean, this he... knack of whipping out you know, trophies on his first season, wherever he goes. Exactly. He only uh, lost the Scudetto to Juventus by one point. Yeah. Um, definitely favourites to win the Europa League so uh, we'll see I mean can you believe that Inter Milan have not won a trophy since that crazy crazy treble winning season under Mourinho when they won Champions League they've not won a single piece of silverware since then I mean that's actually ridiculous if you yeah, think about it ridiculous. 10 yeah. years trophyless it's what happens James it's what happens mm, fall from grace yeah. from grace we'll see interesting yeah. match um, but Lautaro Martinez Romelu Lukaku they're the first duo to score 20 plus goals each in a single season for Inter Milan since Adriano and Obafemi Martins 2004-2005 I mean what a duo what an attacking duo <laughs> what a duo what that a was duo. I mean Obafemi Martins <laughs> he used to be one of my favourite players to watch he was lightning quick with that left leg yeah. dribbling and Adriano would have like a cannon in his in his left leg as well. Mm. He just shoot on FIFA two thousand five or something. Yeah, I was could, just going to say you could shoot with him from halfway from line. Halfway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> going, <laughs> going almost every time. Oh yeah, I mean those, what a duo. Those are the good old days. You know what? Um, actually, just more like a, a broad discussion point. I actually feel like it's quite refreshing seeing Lautaro and Lukaku being such a deadly duo because in modern day football. You don't really get striking duos like you used to back in the good old days. I feel like it's always number nines, strikers all alone down the middle with two wingers either side or yeah. maybe a false nine like a Firmino. You don't really get the two up front like you used to in the good old days of the Dwight no. Yorks and the Andy Coles and, you know, all these like kind of classic partnerships. Yeah, the Henrys, the Burkamps. Uh, yeah, exactly. Kind of players. Yeah, exactly. for sure. I mean, you name them, you list them. If you, if you think of like attacking... Power the past couple of years you had MSN with Me uh, Messi, Neymar, Suarez. You had uh, Bale, Benzema, uh, Cristiano. Uh, I mean, you had uh, of course the Liverpool trio: Salah, yeah. um, uh, Mane, and Firmino. Yeah. You're right. You know, it's uh, deadly attacking duos are, yeah. are scarce. I remember at Feyenoord you once had K2 with Kite and Salomon Kalou. Yeah. Double Ks. Yeah. K squared. Yeah. So, uh, and I, but that's that was like 2006 or something. I mean, don't forget the Owen Heskey. As well, England and England and Liverpool. I mean, what what a yes. duo that was! Two complete stark opposites, but yeah. somehow com completing. No, each it's other. definitely nice to see, and it's nice to see. You know, it's nice to see also that there are successful teams who are not always in the four three three formation. Yeah, that that people can also get success in different formations. You know, you see Atalanta who've played three five two a lot this season, mm -hmm. and I hope to see more variation in that because that's what that what makes uh, football interesting. It is. Makes, uh, that you can also see a difference in, in coaching and in, in style of play. Yeah, you, you don't want to see carbon copies, do you? No. Right, well, that's Europa League rounded up. Um, oh, that was actually relatively uh, short and not so painful. 
I thought. Yeah, no, I thought you're gonna yeah, give me a lot I, more. I let you off the hook. Yeah. I mean, I want to talk. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to our Vietnamese friends from K Plus, of course, who where, where the PlayStation Four battle is is going on, well underway. Is well underway. We're I mean, keeping on top of it as exactly. well. Exactly. I mean, we're watching could, uh, with eagerness and intent. You could win a brand new PlayStation Four. So uh, who wouldn't do that? I mean, uh, just a quick uh, battle update. Number one with thirty point eight five percent increase in their portfolio is Huang Heap ninety VN. That's the man to beat. Uh, number two is Tuanan HVN, 24.21% increase. Still, you know, got to make some good trades, but it's definitely possible. And number three, Tuanan with 9.2 increase. Go on, this, son. This, you it, need to. Uh, you can. You can perform better and 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 win that PlayStation 4 if you keep believing. Okay, James. Here's a quick question for you. Have you ever heard of Doan Van Hao? Uh, nope. Doesn't ring any bells. No, no, not even with Louis van Gaal or anything. No, you, no. You okay, can, uh, well, enlighten me. I'm gonna tell you, Doan van Gaal was a Vietnamese player at Heerenveen last season, and I'm mentioning him is because we have another battle coming up where we're gonna give a Doan van Gaal shirt mm. from Heerenveen away to the winner of that battle starting tonight. So, uh, for all the Vietnamese guys out there, guys and girls out there. Uh, join the battle and uh, well by this time you would have joined the battle already and trade your way to a brand new Herovanger from Doan van Hau oh love that love that so a young exciting prospect yes except he left Herovane after uh, uh, after last season it was just a loan so, spell uh, was it yeah okay well yeah okay cool so that's exciting stuff look forward to it and going to be keeping a keen eye on that as well that just leaves a bit of time left now for Transfer Talk let's do it let's do it Yeah, so I read... Uh, can I kick it off? Or uh... Well, I mean, I guess you just have, so let's do it. Yeah. I mean, normally uh, that's my job, but I'll Today, I'll take confirmed, Ooh. Joe Hart to Tottenham Hotspur. Joe Hart to Tottenham Hotspur. For an annual salary of two million. Yeah. Two million pounds. Yeah. Uh, interesting transfer, of course. It is interesting. Um, I can only assume he's going to be a backup goalkeeper to Hugo Lloris. Um, I think he's probably happy with that, you know, going from Burnley to, to Spurs. Um, yeah, I, I personally, I would have thought Joe Hart at this point now would have gone to a club where he would have been promised first team football. I, you know, I. It's his last days of his career. He might have. He might wanted to uh, still play at a. I wouldn't want to say top club, but a club who can fight for European football at least. Yeah. Uh, in top. No, by, by all accounts, one of the top teams in 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 England. Um, yeah. So yeah, interesting, interesting. Also, we we'd mentioned it before. I mean, David Silva to Real Sociedad, uh, nice signing as well. I think uh, Real Sociedad have really got a gem on their hands there. Uh, had a f- good friend who's a Lazio supporter, absolutely gutted that that fell through, but it is what it is, you know. Yeah. Uh, also, interesting transfer. Apparently, Valencia is having serious financial struggles. They're um, Are they? making deals with their players right now that they can uh, pay their sal- not only this year's salary but also last year's salary um, in in you know in a in a future time period because they mm. just they they're financially it's just in shambles at the moment. Yeah. Uh, Dani Parejo, their captain, obviously went to Villarreal. Maybe because of this as well. Ferran Torres he left to City. Um, Interesting what's going to happen there, but uh, you know they're definitely going to lose some some important players. They might lose, uh, um, yeah, who knows who, they, who else they might lose. Yeah, the academy might have to step up. Um, so yeah, that'll be interesting to see. 
Another sort of uh, transfer rumour speculation that's a bit left field, it's come out of nowhere. Uh, I wouldn't say a relative unknown, but if you don't follow the championship, then you probably wouldn't have heard much about him. Ben White, who was on loan at Leeds from Brighton. Um, a pivotal, pivotal part of Leeds is a championship winning season. Centre-back, a uh, brilliant centre-back by all accounts. Uh, big, strong, uh, great in the air. Apparently he's wanted by Liverpool, Manchester City, Chelsea, United, Tottenham and Leicester. They've all asked Brighton about his potential price. All the big boys are in for him, if you believe what the Sun has to say. Yeah, I was again, just about to say again, this is throw, Throwing out you know, Neil, <laughs> Neil Custis from the Sun, obviously uh, hitting up his contacts. But... Um, yeah. What do you think? Do you know? Do you know about this guy? Uh, I've heard of him. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I've I've watched. You know, as a as a Fulham fan, I've watched some um, definitely some championship games mm. uh, last season. Uh, definitely one of the the strongholders of uh, of Leeds. But I mean, the Sun is reporting a fifty million transfer battle. Yeah, that's that's tough for me to believe. I think that's a lot of money, it's and I don't think that the top teams will pay someone who hasn't even proved himself on the top no, flights of English no. football. And I'm sure Leeds would want to maybe retain him as well. Uh, I don't know if he'll go back to the parent club Brighton and stay there, or if Leeds are trying to get him for another summer. Who knows? Uh, Sky Sports are reporting apparently United are keen on Juventus' 20, 29 year old Brazilian winger Douglas Costa. Um, they're looking for a right winger Jaden Sancho because they couldn't get their dream choice yeah. Jaden Sancho obviously number one choice so Sorry. maybe a backup signing uh, I'm not going to lie I've been a huge fan of Douglas Costa for ages um, I really like the player don't get me wrong he can perform he's deadly he is just unbelievable in terms of his techers but I have been fervent and adamant in the last couple of seasons that United shouldn't just look at with the players they're bringing in now they shouldn't just look at the technique and the skill but it's also about the mentality and they need players that are going to come to play for the club and give their all and be a model professional and a leader in the dressing room and I don't know if Douglas Costa has that you know I think he's a flair player but I don't know if he's really going to be someone who's going to actually come in and change that team no I agree with you and I think you know no one will doubt his skills I think what is uh, what can be doubted with uh, in terms of Douglas Costa is his consistency and his 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 ability to really perform over a long spell of matches over a longer period of time, which has never really been the case for any club he's played for. Mm. So, um, uh, out of ten, mm. and Sky Sports point as well. So it's not. So I it's say not six. Any old source. I'm going to say six. six? I'm going to say six. Okay. But it's an interesting question. I mean, who, which player at the moment? If you take away transfer fee, but you have to uh, incorporate, uh, you know, how realistic the transfer could be. Which player would you think Manchester United would need most at the moment? Uh, and who? Or that's the same as which player? Yeah, yeah I'd say I'd say centre back, crucial, crucial. I I think United they lack squad depth in the bench, so that's obviously crucial at the moment. But going forward, United don't look too bad. I mean, Martial and Rashford are coming off the back of their best ever seasons. You know, Martial twenty three goals, Rashford's clock twenty one. Uh, Mason Greenwood, by all accounts, looks like a brilliant player for the future. And we've got Pogba and Fernandez in midfield. You could potentially look at another midfielder. I think they've been short of a right winger for quite a while as well. But for me, t- titles are mainly won on defence. And you need a solid defensive back line. 
and a great goalkeeper. I've question marks over David De Gea right now, but for me, my priority would be centre back, and, and I would name, look name, at name. someone like a Koulibaly. I mean, for me, he is my ideal centre back. He is he is a leader, Napoli Napoli captain on and off. Um, he's absolutely brilliant. I know he's coming up to thirty now, but he is just so consistent. He's strong. I think pair him up with Harry Maguire, and he would make Harry Maguire a million times better than he looks at the moment. Uh, I would look at someone like that. And Upa Makano, after a performance for Leipzig uh, yep. in, in the last round, he would look like a hot prospect. Um, someone of that ilk, someone of that model. But centre-back for me would be priority, definitely. And uh, attacker, who would be your top choice to join the attacking forces of Rashford and Martial? <sighs> I think I, it's tough with Martial because I love Martial. He's, he's one of my favourite players. I love him. Is he a classic number nine? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I think United need another player to to give him competition for that spot because I don't know if he number nine is his favorite position, but I don't know if it's naturally his his best position. I think he's actually deadlier coming off the left, but Rashford seems to have made that position his own now. So I would look at you need a striker who can get you 25, 30 goals a season if you're going to push for a title. Can Luke De Jong be named? In this <laughs> I knew that was coming. I would definitely, definitely not look at a Luke de Jong. Definitely not. I would look at... I mean, it's a bit out there, but why not go for Harry Kane? I mean, Harry Kane potentially could be... English? It's going to cost a fortune, though. Yeah, that sounds like United through and through right there. I don't know if um, he would suit what Oli is trying to play at the moment. I don't know if he'd suit the football, but he guarantees you goals. Um, I don't know if Spurs would want to sell him to United, but then again, crazier things have happened. So, who it's knows? An interesting choice. Who knows? Or maybe I'd back then. Obama Young could be good. I'd take Obama Young as a number Pierre nine. Pierre-Emerick. Pierre-Emerick. I'd take a Pierre-Emerick as a number nine. Um, but there aren't too many world-class number nines out there. Genuinely world-class number yeah. nines. That's the problem. And that's what you pay the big bucks for. So, it's a tough one. Uh, another transfer. Go on. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Another another thing that's, that's particularly interesting to me yeah. is uh, there's been serious rumors of Luis Suarez returning to Ajax. Mm. Uh, 33 mm. years old. You know, he's not the youngest player anymore. That's juicy. He's always oh. said that Ajax is, is, you know, he's at the best time at Ajax and he's so thankful and he's definitely going to return. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Uh, Ajax, they can... They're not financially the strongest, but they're not the weakest oh, financially, I either. Think, financially, I think they're fine. I mean, yeah, I, I actually, in terms the of the sales salaries. they've made, in terms of the sales they've made, though, exactly. you guys, so, uh, um, you've, you've got more than enough money in the bank. You're right. They wouldn't want to upset the wage structure too much. But if there's if there's an opportunity, and especially for Suarez's uh, sake, for leaving Barcelona now, then then there's no better timing. So uh, I agree. I'd love to see that. Uh, Likelihood? One to ten, you? <laughs> what? what do you think? One to ten? Uh, oh, I'd give it at the moment I'd give it a 5 out of 10 okay I'd give it 5 but let's see what happens in the coming weeks for sure uh, another interesting one actually uh, Juve apparently interested in Alexander Lacazette from Arsenal mm. this is Sky Sports as well reporting this what do you think likelihood out of 10 would it be a good signing well I think I think Juve it's, it's known that Juve are looking for a striker they've you know they've been looking at Arkady's Milik from uh, from Napoli as well um, uh, and also Lacazette, so I think like if if I was Juve, I'd prefer Lacazette over uh, Milik. So I would say seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. Yeah. Right, gonna gonna just whiz through these now. Apparently, um, the the Daily Star are saying Barcelona's incoming manager Ronald Koeman could make Ajax's Dutch midfielder Donny van der Beek first signing at Newcamp. What do we think? Uh, six out of ten. Willian to Arsenal. 
Good signing. Um, I, I don't know if it's what Arsenal needs. I don't know if it's what Arsenal needs. Good player. Don't get me wrong. But Arsenal always sign nice players in attacking positions every season. He's they, been, they he's they been Chelsea's top player this season. Brilliant. I don't care. Arsenal need defenders. Arsenal That's need true. to stop leaking goals. They need defenders. That's stop true. spending money on wingers. Especially old wingers. Stop doing it, Arsenal. <laughs> You've been there. You've done that. It doesn't work. Probably last one. Last one, I'll say. Um, bit of a weird one. Aaron Ramsey fell out, falling out of favour um, at Juventus. And it's looking like Juve might even sell him. Pirlo might want to get rid of him. Um, where does he go from here? Do you think? I think he's gonna stay because everyone will want to want to you know prove himself mm. to uh, to Pirlo, new manager in town. So, um, uh, but if you know if if do I was Ramsey, I'd not go. I'd go back to England. Do you rate him? Do you rate him as a player? I think he's a he's a good twelve player to have. <laughs> oh, really? Is that it? Twelve yeah, player? That's it for for top top flight teams eh? mm, mm. so if you look at the top flight teams in England City Liverpool Chelsea even United then uh, <laughs> <laughs> United. Yeah, that, that came out tough mm. um, we do love a good Welsh then, player you know, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't start Ramsey over all the no. midfields that they have So, no. but a good really good backup to have so yeah. uh, leaving Juve I'd say five alright on that note that's it that's all we have for this week um I mean, what to say? It's been an absolutely phenomenal week for football. If you're a football fan, uh, you would have been in absolute seventh heaven. And the best part is, we've still got a whole week of it left to go. So, Champions League final coming up on the Sunday. We've also got a Europa League final to look forward to as well. Victor and I are going to be back after those games to bring you all of the analysis, recap, and also just a review of the season, bringing you the MVPs, the LVPs. Looking over our chosen starting 11s for the Champions League, seeing where we went wrong and what we got right, and maybe even looking at some future transfer predictions. Absolutely. Or, well, I guess we're going to be playing the role of footballing directors for certain clubs in maybe looking at some sensible transfers of players that we can maybe bring in uh, for the coming season. And you'll be doing that in a Manchester City shirt without a moustache. Oh. Let's not forget, guys, he lost the game, the bet. So... Um, that's going to be amazing for me. I'm going to have so much fun. I uh, hope, hope to see you guys there. Yeah. Sad, sad times. Sad, sad times. But uh, a promise is a promise. I'm a man of my word. So it's going to be done. Up until then, guys, I hope you all enjoyed the podcast and we'll see you next week. Enjoy the final. Catch you later.